Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Dubstock, the podcast with Warriors insider Monty Poole. I'm Kareth Burke. We are coming to you after the Warriors lost to the Lakers. That means the Warriors are 7-24 on the road. Not great, one of the worst in the leagues. But one thing to keep in mind is that even though the Warriors lost that game against the Lakers, they still remain, at the time of recording this podcast, fifth in the West. So with the win streak the Warriors had at home and with being four games over 400, uh, four games over 500, that is, for the first time this season, the Warriors finally built enough cushion to withstand a loss like this to a Western Conference opponent. Uh, it didn't mean anybody leapfrogged them at the moment. So maybe a small ray of sunshine within this loss, Monty, because again, the Warriors have to be better on the road if they want to continue climbing in the standings. Yeah, there are a couple of things, a couple of bright spots you can take away from this game. One of them being the fact that, yeah, that, you know, some teams behind them, Dallas lost, you know. Um, so, and these are, these, we still have a bunch of teams that are within three games of each other. And it's probably going to be that way for a while. And at some point, you, you would think the Warriors might be a team with Steph coming back and hopefully with Wiggins coming back soon, they'll be the team that makes a jump, that starts to go you know, go seven of nine or, win, you know, win 11 of 14 or something like that. Um, but it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, to go on a road with a five-game win streak all at home, uh, this was an opportunity to, to take a stand, to sort of let people know that, okay, you know what, we've been terrible on the road all year, but we found something on our home stand. Mm -hmm. And instead they go to L.A. and they fall down, they fall behind immediately and they play catch up, they, they do catch up. But in the end, it's not enough. So, um, you know, they got the adrenaline jolt from Steph Curry and Andre Iguodala. You know, it's a feel-good time. And uh, But you add it all up, and it was still a loss. It's the same issues that, that bothered them before the homestand, uh, and even during the homestand to some degree, where they fell behind. It's so much more difficult to come back on the road than it is at home. And, you know, that's what they were doing. They, to play with fire at home is one thing. They play with fire, they got away with it. Yeah. Play with fire on the road in L.A. When, you're, when Anthony Davis is on the other team, you're really tempting fate. You really are. Yeah. And Monty, I know you just looked into this, but when we talk about 7-24 and 24 on the road and how there's not a lot of – you just can't get behind when the opposing crowd is actively cheering against you and kind of being like a sixth man in that situation. What did you notice when the Warriors are trailing early in a road game? <laughs> this is going to be discouraging. <laughs> uh, the Warriors have played 31 road games. They've trailed – in the first quarter in 15 of those games. They've lost all 15. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, they've won some games where they were ahead and they've lost some games where they were ahead. Obviously they, they got more lost. You know, they, they, that means they've lost nine times when they were ahead or tied, but they've lost 15. Every time they fall behind on the road, they lose. That's been their story. Mm -hmm. And you know, today they not only fell behind, they fell behind by double digits, by 15. And they did come back. But when you spend the entire game trying to come back, trying to come back, often it's hard to summon a finishing kick. And that's what they didn't have. You know, they, they, the second and the, second and, uh, the first and third quarters were killers. 
you know, you scored a total of 36 points in the second and in the first and third. You scored 36 in the second alone. Mm -hmm. So it tells you they pulled things together in the second quarter and it fell apart again in the third. And mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter, they were pretty even, but it wasn't enough. So it just, I mean, all the guys were asked about their road starts, well, their, their slow starts, period. And nobody had an answer, but, you know, the answer begins with defense. I think they know that. We know that. Uh, they played pretty good defense after the first quarter, really good defense, you know, for off and on. But um, it's just hard. And, and so I think uh, I, I think Steve Kerr, yeah, he did say basically that, you know, yeah, after the, third, the first quarter, I thought we played pretty good defense. I would tend to agree. They outscored them 87-80 over the final three quarters. But you were down 15 after the first. <laughs> so yeah. it's just hard to do that. And at some point, they will win a road game that they fall behind in. But it wasn't on this day. And yeah. so uh, and, and it just, I think, you know, this one is, it, the feeling about this one is that, A, you lose, your, your five-game win streak is over. You spoil Steph's return. Yes. You know, and, and that's that's kind of huge because that was supposed to be okay. Let's go now. Let's go. We're good. We're getting there. And and so and the momentum you generated at home that you felt so good about, you know, we think we've turned a the corner. There's a lot of talk about that after the games over the last few days. And they turned the corner and then now they've made a U-turn right back to the old corner. <laughs> it was, it was three game. left turns. Yeah. yeah. And they lost the game on the road. And now they're seven and twenty-four on the road, which is uh that's that's historically bad for a team that is a defending champion and a team that is so good at home. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right that it did spoil Steph Curry's return because you could argue that one player did have that fourth quarter kick. It was Steph. He came through with 19 points in that fourth quarter. Even he noticed that he got better as the game went along. And that's only possible if you're a well-conditioned athlete because other guys, after missing 11 games with the lower leg injury and that first game back, they might have been huffing and puffing. But that wasn't Steph. So his numbers in that game, 32 minutes in his first game back, 27 points to lead the team in scoring, uh, had five three-pointers, also six assists. Let's talk about how well-conditioned Steph is. Considering he's turning 35 uh, later this month on March 14th, what do you think about the way that Steph Curry is able to return after some extended absences? You know, historically, he has returned and, and, been, and been great. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see him play well. I mean, his start, you know, he was a little rusty in the first quarter, you know, and missing some shots, didn't score in the first quarter, uh, missing some shots that, you know, he's going to make real soon, maybe the fourth quarter that was, you know, he turned it around. So, uh, but, you know, I think it was Jason Kidd, uh, the Mavericks coach who in the, uh, in the Western conference finals last, uh, last May said, call Steph to find the best conditioned athlete in the sport. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, I wouldn't argue that because he is always in shape and he's always well conditioned. Um, so I think that's why you can stretch him to 32 minutes. You know, for a while there, I thought they're gonna keep him in the twenties, but they pushed it. You know, he went for a break, a, a blow in the fourth quarter, but he came back after like two or three minutes and he finished it. So I think with Steph, you just, you learn to expect him to be uh, finely tuned and, and wonderfully conditioned yeah, he'll be 35 real soon this month. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I think it's, you know, kind of like some, like other guys that have played a long time, 
including LeBron to a degree. You know, you're in your mid-30s now. LeBron, I think, 37, 38 years old, whatever he is, you know, 38, I think. 38, um, yeah. Andre, yeah. 39, second oldest. Yeah, uh, in Steph's case, you know, he's still younger than, he's still three years younger than uh, LeBron, four years younger than, than Andre. So I think for Steph, yeah, I still think he has years to go at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and he'll be a starter. He, it's not, I don't see him, you know, getting to the point where he's only going to play 50 games a year because of, not because of injury, but because just he needs the rest to manage the load. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening with him. So um, not surprised by him coming out and, and being a top scorer in his first game back. That's an interesting point. Steph Curry is nowhere near his twilight yet, but when it comes, I doubt, I agree with you. I doubt he's one of those guys that's going to fade away kind of slowly. I don't see any sort of fade away, you know, Steph Curry trying to hang on to extra years in the league. Uh, he no. should be in control of his destiny as far as how much longer and, you know, how impactful he wants to play. We also know that Steph Curry is very familiar with his body and rehabilitations. This injury, though, he's expressed was was new for him. And he actually wanted to make sure post game that he gave a shout out to Dr. Rick Celebrini for guiding him through his recovery. Yeah, it was just more the mental um, aspect of it, of not really knowing what the next day was gonna feel like and staying patient through that. Rick Celebrini helped me a lot in that respect to understand what I was dealing with, the patience of how to keep staying in shape, but also not put the ligament in jeopardy of, you know, having any setbacks or anything like that. Um, and just trusting, you know, him and his staff to know what the right cadence was to, to get back out there on the floor. And then this last week, give myself enough freedom to, to go hard enough where I get back in shape as, as fast as possible and get my skill set uh, as sharp as possible. So um, I've had some interesting ones this year, but thankfully, it's been a defined window of, of of time where I'll be out and you know full steam ahead to know when I am clear to play that I I'm, I'm healthy. It's really interesting that Steph Curry with this this injury that he's unfamiliar with it only lasted eleven games. That's impressive. And Steph was able to make an impact the moment he came back. I mean, what do you think about the Warriors training staff who have had a had a pretty big job this season, Monty? Yeah, I mean, I think the staff, uh, people kind of put it under the microscope uh, back in 2019 when, when Kevin Durant had the Achilles. And people, at for a minute there, they kind of questioned, okay, what did they, did they push KD back too soon? Mm-hmm. And Kevin always said, no, that wasn't the case. You know, I, he, had, he had more than one opinion, first of all, you know, and he was ready to play. He felt good enough to play. Mm-hmm. So, but I think over time, and now you, you ask Kevin about the Warriors training staff, He'll tell you, you know, the training staff is tremendous. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think and Clay Thompson, with what he's been through, he will say the exact same thing. Draymond will say the same thing. They all yeah. swear by the training staff. So well, we heard uh, it from GP too as well, how much he yeah. trusts the Warriors training staff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think when it comes to getting guys ready to play, um, I don't think you question him at this point. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if the guys trust him, not only do they trust him, I want to say they swear by them, you know, Um, and and when you get to that point, there's no equivocating. There's no, yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. No, there's, there's belief in them. There's faith in those guys. Mm -hmm. And so that says a lot. And if those guys can have that faith, I think it's fair that we should all have at least that much because 
They're the ones who are in there on a daily basis. They're the ones those guys work with. So yeah, whether it's, you know, Rick or his, his, his staff and, you know, Drew Yoder, the, uh, yeah. the trainer, the trainer over there, um, those guys all do a tremendous job. And, and Draymond in this game against the Lakers, you know, he, he re he aggravated his, his, his finger uh, and it's, it's a problem. X-rays were negative, but you know, he came back with the bandaged on his hand and that's lasted for a little while. Then he, okay, threw it off and came back and played some more uh, and still played 31 minutes. So I think, again, you know, he wouldn't play if he couldn't do it, but I'm sure, you know, the training staff probably said, you know, try this, try to play through this. If it doesn't work, then okay. And it didn't work. Draymond took it off. Yeah. All right. There's also something that Steph spoke to about the dichotomy of the Warriors' circumstances. Okay, I'll put it like this. The belief that they can defend a championship still, and yet the understanding of how average they've looked for most of the season, hovering around 500, a couple games below, a couple games above. But here's Steph Curry putting that in his own words. Yes and no. Yes, in terms of the time frame we have to put it all together. The biggest difference is we didn't start out 18 and two so we have to uh i mean we're we're still in fifth even though we lost i have a outside shot of trying to get home court advantage but the biggest goal it's weird to say it as like we're trying to win championships but we're also trying to stay out the play in too <laughs> so both can be true just based on what our challenge has been this year and like i said um in terms of the rotations and the amount of guys that have played well this year that deserve opportunity um it's a it's a fine balance between staying ready knowing when your minutes are going to be knowing who you're going to be out there with and finding the right combinations to finish the season strong so that whoever we you know potentially play in the playoffs we uh we know what our identity is, and um, that's the that's the that's the challenge over the last seventeen games, whatever it is. So Steph, sort of outlining how badly they want to defend this championship, but also understanding they're paying attention to a bold line in the standings that indicates which teams are in the play-in and which teams are not, and the Warriors could potentially be in the play-in. So yeah, two things can be true at once, and the Warriors are trying to write their fate right now to determine which team they're going to be. Yeah, make no mistake though, the Warriors, uh, and Clay said this after the game um, on Friday, and when I talked to Steph a few days ago, he said the same thing, that they really wanna get a home court advantage for being top four. Mm -hmm. Right now, Phoenix is fourth. Um, and so the Warriors really want to get there. But I think as Steph points out, the way he put it was that's the best case scenario is top four. Um, but in the worst case scenario is play in. <laughs> uh, but I think the six, at least with the six, you avoid the play in. So I think for these guys right now, they're fifth. Uh, that's not a terrible space to be in. But right now, Phoenix is fourth. A four or five Warriors Suns first round series is kind of woo. <laughs> That's straight fire. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see the fear in your eyes. <laughs> well, and I understand it too, um, uh, because we all know how good Devin Booker is, and we all know how good Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is back in the yeah. West. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I get that totally, but 
I think, you know, the key to them is, is um, you know, not just focus on what they do. They have 17 games to play. If they win 11 of those games, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. That give them 45 wins. If they get 45 wins, that'll be getting up to be top six. If they get into the high 40s, maybe they move them to, you know, maybe there's a chance they sneak into a, a, a five or a four. Um, but again, I don't know. Do you want a five or a four if it's if the other team is going to be the Sun? <laughs> I mean, the Kings, I guess you could hope the Kings will drop. I, right now, just play your game, win as often as you can, you know, try to win every single game you play and let the chips fall where they may. For the ratings, I think the league would absolutely love that. And you'll hear from the Warriors, you know, get us to the postseason. We're confident in our ability in any seven-game series to beat a team. So I'll just, I'll ride with the Warriors' confidence right there. But that one does make my eyes go a little bit wide if that's the oh, yeah. matchup. Oh, yeah, I totally get that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me take this opportunity to remind you that all Warriors games on NBC Sports Bay Area are streamed live on the NBC Sports app that's for mobile or tablet. That means you can stream the Warriors on the go wherever you are, brought to you by your NorCal Honda dealers. So Steph Curry was not the only guy back. Andre Iguodala was back. He played in his fourth game of the season. His first three happened in January. Andre had a very Andre stat line, okay? 14 minutes, 0 for 2, 0 points, 2 assists, 1 block, but plus 11. So Andre tends to be a stabilizing force. He's always going to be at least a net neutral. You know, if he's on the floor, he's not going to make mistakes, might not score either, but maybe that's not what you need him to do. So, Monty, what do you think will be Andre's impact going forward? Um, just to be out there. And I mean, when he's out there, good things tend to happen for the team. You know, he makes the right play. Uh, and and that's an, sort of an underrated element of basketball is guys who make the right play because making the right play isn't always getting the bucket. You know, it's not even always getting a stop. It's just making the right play, meaning that you do something that leads to help, that, that helps your team mm -hmm. uh, and hurts the other team. Uh, and in Andre's case, yeah, you know, he's going to get the occasional bucket. He's going to get the occasional block, the occasional steal. But it's also, I think, having him out there, sometimes he's the fifth guy out there. Uh, and by I say the fifth guy, the fifth most impactful guy in terms of what you want to see as a scorer on mm -hmm. offense. But he's making the other four guys better because he's out there. The other four guys are better for having him out there. So um, I think for him, Ideally, he plays, you know, yeah, 17 games to go. Ideally, he plays probably 12, 13 of those games. Okay. Um, and, and plays maybe 10, 12 minutes. Push it to 15 if he can, maybe. Mm -hmm. But nothing more than that. And I think in the postseason, that's about where you want him to. You know, you may push him into the, into the teens. But um, I think with Andre, it's more about how you feel and who you're playing. Uh, and I think Andre is good against more, better against some teams than other teams, but I think he's good against pretty much any team that the Warriors will play. Yeah. So okay. a, game, a, game like the, a game against the Lakers, um, what he did was he's, he watched the first quarter and he saw the Warriors score at 18 points. He saw, the Lakers, he saw them fouling a lot. So did he just check himself into the game? <laughs> yeah. And so, he, okay. And, and, but it's almost as if he watches the game and diagnoses what the Warriors need. You know, and I've seen this over the years. If they need him to score, he'll come in looking for a shot. Yeah. If they need him to move the ball, 
because somebody else's head is on is on target is on on fire, then boom, he'll move the ball, try and direct the ball to that person, even if it's not him directly, a hockey assist or whatever. Uh, if the Warriors need to just be better on defense, okay, they'll come in and bring some defensive intensity, which today against the, the Lakers, that's what he did. And they needed to do that. They gave up 33 points in the first quarter. It wasn't a 40-point first quarter. They gave up a few of those. But 33 is against the Lakers team without LeBron, without D'Angelo Russell. That's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot. So, yeah. um, and that's what he did, I thought. Just come out there and give the team what it needs. And what do you know? They're down 15 going into the second quarter. And at the halftime, a three-point game. I was checking the box score while you were talking, and it looks like Andre's two attempts were from the three-point line when the Warriors yep. needed some scoring. I would say after 19 seasons in the league, Andre should be able to read what the game needs and impact the game, therefore arriving at that plus 11. Hey, there's one more thing that we should talk about coming out of this Lakers game. It's Anthony Lamb, the two-way player, reaching the 50-game limit. That's the maximum that two-way players can play without having their contract converted. So Steve Kerr talks about that situation and he said, I hope Anthony Lamb stays on the roster. Now there are some fans who've been, we need to listen to the, the fan conversations here and acknowledge that there's some fans who are a little perplexed, that is, at why Anthony Lamb is, is playing so much. Is he taking minutes, so to speak, from Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody or, or other guys who could use that development? Would signing Lamb to that 15th roster spot be the best outcome for the Warriors? What do you think? Um, I think it's something they have to consider because he does fill a lot of little things, that a lot of little gaps uh, in that he can defend multiple positions. Uh, I thought Lamb was good against the Lakers. You know, okay. and comes in, hits a couple of big threes, uh, gets a couple of big rebounds. Um, and, and so... I think people look at what he doesn't do well and focus on that sometimes. And, you know, yeah, he's not a perfect player. He's a two-way guy. You know, yeah. I think if you're a team that is relying on two-way guys, no matter how good they might be, you're a team searching. Yeah, and, there are some questions about roster construction this season, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And so, uh, and you look at the fact, what really hurts the Warriors right now is that you don't have, you don't have uh, Andrew Wiggins. Mm -hmm. And, the absence of Wiggins means that inflates the value of a guy like Anthony Lamb because he can do some of the things Wiggins does. He can hit the three. He can, he can guard up. He can guard up to, you know, power forwards, small forwards. Um, in some cases, small ball five. You know, he can do those things. Uh, and that's, that's not everybody can do that. But if you're Steve Kerr, you've, you've leaned on him a lot this season. And there have been times I thought, oh, you know, Anthony Lamb's 15 minutes of fame are up. And then he'll come back and have a really good game. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's not going to score 30 points. You know, he's not going to grab 15 rebounds. He's not playing that much. But you watch him, and, yeah, he's going to make the occasional mistake. But his, his um, I guess, his asset to liability quote, uh, ratio is a lot higher than some of the young guys. And that's what you have to ask yourself, how much are you willing to live through how many mistakes are you willing to live through from the young guys? And if that's worth, you know, putting them out there, knowing that, you know, you're trying to fight to stay at a certain level in the standings, do you want to put that at risk by putting out guys out there that might be a little more likely to make mistakes and a little less likely to make the right play? Okay. Uh, the other thing that Anthony Lamb does that really is, you know, is Iguodala-like in that he makes the right pass. You know, he doesn't 
he's not a ball stopper. He's either going to shoot it or yeah. pass it. That point five mentality is embedded in his mind. And that's a good thing. And so for a Warriors team that, that wants to play uh, with a lot of passes, a lot of ball movement, he fits that. Uh, and there was a play in, in, in the game against the Lakers where I think where Clay hit a, th- a three at the top of the key, wide open, but after like five passes, you know, and among the guys who were making those passes, boom, 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 was Anthony Lamb. Yeah, you know? he was the one who swung the ball over. Yeah. Yeah. So you look, I mean, everybody touched the ball, but the ball ended up with Clay at the top of the key with nobody on him, money. Um, and so, you know, nothing against a guy like Kaminga, but I don't, I'm not so sure he makes that decision that quickly. In hmm. a situation like that, you got to move quick. Boom, boom, boom. And, and so Lamb didn't hesitate. It was like, you know, Jordan was out there with Lamb, Jordan, play, money. Yeah. And so that's when you have that kind of trust as a coaching staff and as veteran teammates, I think those are the guys who kind of determine who's out there at times. And if, if Draymond and Clay and Steph are, you know, if they're, if their trust level is higher with Anthony Lamb than it is with some of the young guys, then Steve Kerr is going to call guess who? Anthony Lamb. Anthony Lamb. The team I mean, there were times, wins right now. Yes. Yeah. There were times years ago, a few years ago, when people wondered, well, what's Looney out there for? I mean, what's he doing? Well, I had to remind people, Looney's teammates trust him to do the right thing. He's not a perfect player. He's not going to get you 30, you know, but he does the right things at the right times. And to me, on a defense especially, nothing is more important than trust. Draymond talks about it all the time. You have to trust. You have to trust. If you don't trust, that's where your mistake comes because you're overdoing something because you don't trust that somebody else will back you up. And in Looney's case, they learned to trust him, which is why he was playing. People were like, why can't they play JaVale McGee more? Mm. Well, because <laughs> JaVale is more likely to make the mistake that Looney won't make. Yeah. And so that's that's where Anthony Lamb kind of fits in is that he's more likely to, uh, that, that Kaminga, even as he's coming on, playing really well at, at times, he's more likely to make the mistake that Anthony Lamb won't. And I think that is one of the reasons why you see so much Anthony Lamb, like him or not, um, and, and that's why I think that there's a good chance that he will be the guy who they get that 15th roster spot to because of his versatility. All right. Oh, just real quick, because we're on the topic of Jonathan Kaminga as well. Let's touch on his game against the Lakers. Only 13 minutes. And this was coming from the homestand where he had a lot of personal momentum going and a big impact on the game. Really efficient nights attacking the rim. Uh, teammates thrilled for him. But against the Lakers, 13 minutes, he was 2 of 10 uh five points in that one 13 minutes why do you think why do you think that was and i and i want to i guess i know the answer to this question it's a little bit of trust but does steve kerr give jonathan kaminga a long enough leash well when a guy takes 10 shots in 13 minutes that guy should be steph curry (laughs) okay (laughs) or clay thompson you know okay i mean nothing jk 10 shots in 13 that's you know, if he plays 35 minutes, that's like 25 shots, <laughs> you know, and JK is not there yet. <laughs> you know, you know, 10 minute, 10 shots for JK should be over a 22 minute game, not 13 minutes. So I think he's a little thirsty. Um, okay. And, and I, you know, again, that's not, that's not how you keep the offense humming. That's not how you, that's not the way the Warriors want to play. We have a guy coming off the bench, maybe Jordan Poole when he's got, when he's hot, you know, take 10 shots in 13 minutes. But Jonathan is just not at that point where you can put him out there and say, okay, JK, go out there gunning. Uh, you, you want him to think, you still want him to think defense first. 
Any yeah. offense you give us is a bonus, is, is the mentality. And when you shoot 10 times in 13 minutes, that's kind of like you're looking to score. You're looking to score. You're going to put up some shots. Um, and so I, I think that was a factor, too. And defensively, uh, there have been games when he makes when he's made a big difference and games when he make, didn't make such a big difference. I think in this game, he didn't make such a big difference on defense. He wasn't like a defensive stopper. And so I, I, this was, I, thought, I thought the rotations were okay in this game for the most part. Um, and Draymond, you know, had to go out for a little while. And I think that kind of, you know, threw a monkey wrench in it a little bit there. Uh, Steph returning. So you got Andre back. You got, you're still, you're kind of tinkering with new rotations now because you got two new guys back. Mm-hmm. And JK may have been a casualty, but when you shoot 10 times in 13 minutes, you're kind of telling the coach, this is what I want to do. And in this game, I'm not sure that was the right way to go. I got you. All right. Well said, Monty Poole. That's why you are our Warriors insider. (laughs) Warriors road trip continues with OKC and Memphis next. Thanks for listening to Dubstock. We'll talk to you again soon.